Hello and welcome to Bill Stern's Sports Newsreel from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Colgate Sports Newsreel with John Garfield, pinch hitting for Bill Stern. Bill Stern, the Colgate safety man, is far away. For this is his vacation time to rest and play. And for tonight, while he's away to take his place, we're glad to say we'll bring you Mr. John Garfield. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. For the next four weeks, while Bill Stern is on his vacation, Colgate Shave Cream is proud to present four distinguished motion picture stars. Tonight, it'll be John Garfield. Next Friday night, Frank Sinatra. Two weeks from tonight, William Powell. And for the fourth and final week, while Bill is away, it'll be Errol Flynn. Hence, for the next four weeks, while Bill is away on his annual vacation, four of the biggest stars in Hollywood will pinch hit for him. And in order to keep this sports session like the Bill Stern program we regularly enjoy, these stars will tell stories from Bill's pocketbook entitled, My Favorite Sports Stories. Some stories that are absolutely true, some legends, some perhaps beyond belief, but all great yarns about that fascinating world of sports. So without further ado, here is the first of the four stars who will pinch hit for Bill Stern, Mr. John Garfield. I'm John Garfield, like the man said, by profession an actor, but tonight I'm going to be a spinner of stories about sports. Yes, tonight while my friend Bill Stern is on his vacation, I'm taking his place to tell you some of the strange tales they tell about the world of sports. I've picked out a few yarns from Bill's book, and as some of you might guess, I've picked stories about fighters. Maybe you've seen my picture, Body and Soul. I played the part of a fighter in that picture, and I must say I got a big wallop in the heart department starring in that fight picture for it made me feel for a little while that I, too, was part of that strange, fascinating, romantic world of Fistiana. Sure, I was only starring in a Hollywood fiction story, but believe me, ladies and gentlemen, there are true stories of the roped arena that are stranger than fiction. Let me tell you one of them. Did you ever hear of a fighter named Jimmy Barry? About a half a century ago, he was the bantamweight champion of the world. He was a tough little man out of Chicago, all 112 pounds of him. And he went through his class like a cyclone, why, he even licked many of the best featherweights and lightweights in America. Well, there came a time when the great little Jimmy Barry could find no worthy opponent. He was fighting king of all he surveyed. But one day there came word from England that in London there was a fighter named Walter Crute who boasted that he could lick Jimmy Barry and take away his title. When Jimmy Barry heard that, he lost no time grabbing a boat and sailing off to England to meet Walter Crute in a battle for the bantamweight championship of the world. When Jimmy Barry arrived in London, he heard amazing stories about the Englishman's ability as a fighter. But Jimmy Barry laughed at the tales of Walter Crute's speed and punch. Who ever heard of an Englishman who could lick a tough little guy from Chicago? So, a fight was arranged between Jimmy Barry and Walter Crute. 20 rounds to a decision, winner take all. Now, Jimmy Barry was a wise little guy. When he came to London, he brought all his savings with him, all the money he had earned in the years he had fought. And a few days before the big fight, he gave his money to his best friend, Frank Ives, a famous billiard champion of the time, and said, Frank? Here's my bankroll. I want you to bet every dollar on me to win. I know I can beat this Englishman, and I'm going to make a killing and live in luxury for the rest of my life. And be smart, Frank. Do a little betting for yourself. You can't go wrong betting on Jimmy Barry. So Ives went out and bet every dollar Jimmy Barry had, and he even wagered his own bankroll on the fight, too. 
Night of that fight, it seemed as if half of London tried to squeeze its way into the fight arena. Little Jimmy Barry came strutting in the ring, cocksure and confident. His reputation, his title, his purse, and his entire personal bankroll hinged on the victory. To say that Walter Crute surprised Jimmy Barry is putting it mildly. From the opening bell, the Englishman overwhelmed the American. With blinding speed, Walter Crute punched Jimmy Barry dizzy. He battered him from pillar to post, but Jimmy fought back desperately. He tried every trick he knew, but it was all no use. The Englishman was too clever for him, too fast for him. By the 19th round, the Englishman was ahead on points by the proverbial mile. Jimmy Barry had almost lost the fight, and if he did lose it, with it would go his championship, the purse and all the money he owned in the world. Hence, when Jimmy Barry reeled back into his corner at the end of the 19th round, with only one more round to go, Frank Ives stuck his head through the ropes and shouted into Barry's ear. Jimmy! Jimmy, we're sunk! All our money is lost unless you can knock him out in this last round! We're ruined, Jimmy, unless you can knock him out in this last round! Ah, uh, stop your worrying, Frank. I got three more minutes left to go. I'll knock him out. I'll tell you, I'll knock him dead. For the first two minutes of the last round, Walter Crook punched Jimmy at will and danced around the bewildered American as the arena rocked with cheer. 60 seconds left, then 50, 40, and then suddenly Jimmy Barry fainted the Englishman into a lead and quickly crossed his right hand to the jaw, hitting Walter Crook with all the power in his body, hitting him with a punch born of anger, hope, frustration, and desperation. And down went Walter Crook with a resounding crash. The crowd froze into silence. Little Jimmy Barry leaned against the ropes. A grin on his bloody face, the referee told the count of ten over the fallen boxer. Good old tough Jimmy Barry. He made his boast come true. Stop your worrying, Frank. I got three minutes left to go. I'll knock him out. I'll knock him dead. And now his opponent was on the floor in a crumbled heap. Jimmy Barry had carried out his boast. For not only did his opponent fail to get up in time, but he never got up again. You see, Walter Crute was dead. <laughs> John Garfield will be back in a moment with another strange sports story. But first, for the National League team in the All-Star Baseball game, our vote goes to Stan Musio, champion slugger for the St. Louis Cardinals. Switched this year from first base to left field, he consistently bats 300 or better. And Stan Musial knows how to get consistently smooth, sweet shaves, too. He's a brush and lather man and goes solid for Colgate lather shaving cream. Stan writes us this. My whiskers are plenty tough and used to give me some rough innings with a razor. But Colgate Lather Shaving Cream gets them so soft so fast, my razor shaves me close and clean the first time over. Not a trace of pull or scrape. You call Colgate Lather the shave cream of champions, but in my book, it's the champion lather cream for comfortable shaves that are always slick and smooth. Thanks, Dan. You other brush and lather shavers are missing plenty if you don't try Colgate Lather Shaving Cream. It softens up the roughest, toughest whiskers, makes them a pushover for your razor. Because it's light and fine-textured, Colgate Lather's rich, small bubbles stay moist. Colgate Lather doesn't dry out and snag your razor, but supports these bristles so your razor cuts through clean and smooth. Yes, sir, if really close and comfortable shaves appeal to you, try Colgate Lather Shaving Cream, the shave cream of champions. Now, once again, pinch hitting for Bill Stern, Mr. John Garfield. Yes, there are many strange stories behind the men who fight for ring glory. Race, color, creed, it makes no difference in this world when men are judged solely by the skill of their fists. You see, in the fight game, nobody asks you who your father was or on which side of the railroad tracks you come from. And it is only in the fight game that a story like Joe Lewis could happen. Where else could a humble Negro boy rise from picking cotton on an Alabama plantation to the heavyweight championship of the world? 
You see, with or without his title, Joe Lewis is a story that could only happen in boxing. And yet, strangely enough, once before, many years ago, another Negro lad rose from a plantation to become a rich man. And he, like Lewis, did it solely by the power of his fists. But maybe I'm getting away from my story. Well, this is a story about a man named Tom Molyneux. Tom Molyneux, who was the first American to fight for the world's heavyweight championship. Frank Menke told Bill Stern and me the facts about Molyneux one time, so we know they're right because he's the fellow who wrote the Encyclopedia of Sports. But he went on to tell us a peculiar part of the story as it's been handed down in legend. It seems that this chapter of sports history would never have happened if another two-fisted fighter from Virginia had not encouraged and helped Tom Molyneux in his quest for sports fame. It all began in Virginia many years ago when Tom Molyneux was a slave. There was a famous bully on the neighboring plantation who was finally beaten by Tom in a fierce and bloody bare-knuckled match. One of the neighboring plantation owners, who had been a scrapper himself in his youth, helped persuade Tom's owner to give him his freedom as a reward for his victory. Then, with the aid and encouragement of this boxing fan, the slave Tom became a prize fighter. In fact, he was even sent to England, then the capital of boxing, in search of his fame and fortune. In England, Tom Molyneux, the former slave, became a sensational boxing champ. He met the most feared and famous of England's heavyweights. He fought for the world's championship itself before a record crowd of 40,000 people. This famous former slave won honor and fame and fortune too. That could be the end of this story of Tom Molyneux, who had, with his fist, fought himself into freedom and imperishable fame in boxing history. That's the part that that's in Mr. Menke's record books. However, something should be said about the Virginia gentleman whose interest in boxing prompted him to help Tom Molyneux rise from slavery to fame, for he too will always be remembered. You see, his name was George Washington. That's the story Frank Menke told, partly fact, partly legend. And I'm wondering if any amateur historians in the Colgate audience have any facts to add to it. Well, I've now told you the stories of two prize fighters who made their mark in boxing history. Now let me tell you of a story of a man who failed to win boxing fame. It began back in 1912 with a prize fighter who fought under the name of Marty O'Brien. He was a good bantamweight fighter, but for some curious reason, he never won the title. Finally, discouraged, Marty quit the ring, married, and settled down. But boxing was still in his blood, so when he was blessed with a son, Marty O'Brien began to dream of a day when this boy would enter the ring and win a title. As the boy grew older, the former prize fighter taught his son how to box, and the boy became a tough, pugnacious little guy with two ready fists. It pleased the old ex-prize fighter to know that his son liked the game and yearned to win fame and fortune in the ring. And sure enough, that ex-prize fighter's son entered the ring. He fought a few bouts. He looked like a fighter going up the road of fame. However, one day the boy came to his father and said, Dad, uh, I know how much you've wanted me to become a fighter, maybe even ring a, win a ring title. I hate to disappoint you, but I've decided to give up the ring and give up boxing. You see, Dad, I want to become a sports reporter. So Marty O'Brien, the old prize fighter, swallowed his disappointment and wished his boy luck in his new ambition. For a while, the prize fighter's son worked as a sports reporter, and the father was happy that at least his son was still in some way connected with the sports world. But then there came another day when his son came to him again. Only this time he said, Dad, I've changed my mind again. Decided to give up being a sports reporter. I want to do something else. 
I think I can make good at it. So once again, the old prize fighter swallowed his bitter disappointment and wished his son good luck. Twice his boy had disappointed him. He had given up ring to be a sports writer. Now he was giving up sports writing to do something else. Well, that was some years ago. Today, that old prize fighter, Marty O'Brien, isn't a very disappointed father, even though his son never won a ring title. In fact, old Marty O'Brien must be quite proud of his son's success, for his boy, who had given up boxing to become a sports writer and then given up sports reporting for something else, is today one of America's most famous personalities. He is a singer and an actor who earns about a million dollars a year. For this boy who shattered an old prize fighter's dream of ring fame is Frank Sinatra. Yeah, Frank Sinatra will be pinch hitting on this program for Bill Stern next week. But before I tell you about next week's program, here's a word to the wise. And that word to the wise is a tip to you brush and lather shavers. Don't blame your razor if your brush and lather shaves aren't smooth or close or comfortable enough. If your razor scrapes and leaves your face stubbly and irritated, just try Colgate Lather Shaving Cream. Colgate Lather is light and fine textured, crowds down around each bristle and softens it up fast. Yes, sir, it soaks stiff, wiry whiskers so soft the very touch of your razor zips them off clean and smooth. What's more, Colgate Lather is long-lasting. Its rich, small bubbles stay moist throughout the shave. Colgate Lather doesn't dry out, doesn't drag or pull the blade. The result is you've got a face-happy shave, a close and comfortable shave. See what a difference the right cream makes. Try the light cream, Colgate Lather Shaving Cream, the shave cream of champions. Now back to John Garfield. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a great pleasure for me to pinch hit for Bill Stern tonight. Bill is a friend of mine, and I don't think anyone can tell stories quite the way he does, but it's been a real kick to try. Next week, to spin these yarns, will come a boy I was just talking about, Frank Sinatra. He's quite a guy, this Sinatra, and I know he'll do a good job. I know I'll be listening, and I hope you will. Before I say goodnight, though, I'd like to leave you with one final thought. In the Army and Navy hospitals throughout America, there are many wounded veterans who somehow we seem to have forgotten. The one thing that can cheer them up the most is a letter. So sit down and drop them a line. Because you see, if we all write, they'll be all right. Good night. Next Friday night, Frank Sinatra will be pinch hitting for Bill Stern. Be sure to listen in, same time, same station. See you then, and until then, this is Don Stanley wishing you all a good, good night. Bill Stern, the Colgate Shapery Man, is far away. For this is his vacation time to rest and play. And for next week, while he's away to take his place, we're glad to say we'll bring you Frank Sinatra too. C-O-L-G-A-T-E. John Garfield's next starring picture will be an expose of the vicious numbers racket. The picture is being produced by Roberts Productions, who gave you body and soul. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.